Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One of our favorite people in the world is Greg Amzinger of MLB Network. He is, of course, a St. Louisan. He is a product of the Lindenwood University. He is an unabashed, avowed Cardinal fan. And it's always good to talk to Greg. How are you this morning, sir? Oh, Randy, Michelle, I'm excited to chat with the two of you. Uh, I, I need my St. Louis fix. Yes, I am I'm born and raised in St. Louis. And uh, in, in a time where there are so many crazy things going on all over the country, all over the world, every time I talk to my friends from St. Louis, it puts me in a very settled place. I'm, I'm glad to know that. And you'll be happy to know that we have typical late June unsettled weather. It is 730 in the morning in St. Louis, and it looks like it's about midnight. <laughs> yep. That's the, that's the great part of St. Louis, man. When you're outside playing, you're like, come on, man, let's have a play date, Mom. Uh, can Billy come over and play? Well, the weather forecast, oh, Mom, come on. Those guys are never right anyway. And now you're like in a bunker, you know, hiding from a tornado. But don't worry, because 30 minutes after it passes, it's the most beautiful day ever. And then Billy can finally come over and play. So that's just the way it is in St. Louis. No, Greg, you know, once it passes, it's going to be 95 and humid. It's not going to be a beautiful day. <laughs> I miss the sweat, man. The stickiness. It's just it's summer in St. Louis. So one of these days, it was a. I, I was an usher at the ballpark. It was July or August of 1981, and you know Don Thompson, the guard in front as you walk into the Cardinal Clubhouse. Yes, of course I know. Don's awesome. He's great, and he great was a guy. school teacher. So I guess it was later. It must have been September, and we have one of those classic 105 degree days, and I'm sitting down in the. Cardinal dugout or in the Cardinal bullpen. He, Don worked the bullpen when he wasn't working. When he was at school, I would take over because I was the first base uh, right dugout guard. So I'm down in the bullpen, and Bob Sykes and I are the only guys down there. And Sykes says, you ever chew? I said, no. He said, you want to? I said, yeah, sure. So as a Costello usher, I'm wearing a, uh, a white shirt with a black tie, blue pants with a gold stripe down the side, big black, heavy, weatherproof shoes because the turf is so hot. It's 140 degrees on the turf. And oh, yeah. so... Sykes says, here, just, it's like the commercial says, just take a big chunk and put it between your cheek and your gum. I said, okay, sure. He said, now, don't swallow. I said, okay, no problem. So two outs in an inning. I put it between my cheek and my gum, and all the spit starts fill, filling up in my mouth. And I spit. And uh, so the, the inning ends, and it's really hot, and all of a sudden... The juice is filling up my mouth, and I can't do anything but swallow. And I have to stand up after the third out is made and look into the crowd, and I've swallowed tobacco juice, and my head is spinning. I'm dizzy. It's 140 degrees, and I'm dribbling tobacco juice down the front of my white shirt at the the ballpark. That is my first experience ever chewing tobacco, and my last experience ever chewing tobacco. Thanks Uh, to Bob. It should be your last. That's That's a 
horrible tobacco story. It's like, you know what? It was actually a blessing probably because if it, 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 you guaranteed that you'd never do it again. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I, um, I, after the half inning ends, I stumble back to the bench, and Sykes is laughing uproariously. And he said, I told you not to swallow. <laughs> Uh, did you vomit later? Because that stuff's good. That's potent. It, it is, and fortunately, I did not throw up. <laughs> I, I, I felt like I was going to, but I was able to compose myself. You know, I love what we're talking about right now because this is what friends do. They kind of talk about nothing, but it's highly entertaining. I got to tell you that that heat from St. Louis has helped me in my in my broadcasting career. I'm not even joking. People wonder all the time if you see me in Cooperstown, right? And our show is outside, and it could be a hundred degrees. You never know what you're going to get. I, I'm in a full suit outside, no matter what. When I go to work, when I leave the house, it could be a hundred degrees. I walk to the car in my suit. I never take my jacket off ever. Do I take my jacket off. People wonder why. What is wrong with you? And what I realized going to first communions, going to graduations, going to weddings in St. Louis is when you take your jacket off and then you have to put it back on, you melt. Like you sweat through it all. So the only way you can get acclimated, and this is what the heat of St. Louis taught me, is you just got to leave it on. And don't ever take it off. And, and, and that is why I don't sweat in TV. And it's all because of the heat of St. Louis taught me that lesson. Life lessons. That's a veteran play, Greg. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> it looks weird at first. People think I'm suffering. But I'm really not. I'm just I'm handling it. I'm managing the heat. Well, Greg, let's talk a little baseball. Randy and I played a cut from Buster Olney. I believe he was on with a weekend show on ESPN Radio, and they asked him what percentage he thought the Major League Baseball season would would start and continue. And he basically said 5% and or 0%. So now that we have players reporting and we know some players are testing positive, where's your confidence level that we're actually going to get to games and that we're going to finish the season? Uh, it all comes down to the way this looks during these intra-squad scrimmages, which they're going to have plenty of because they're not going to be playing a ton of other clubs at their home venues because of travel limitations. You're going to see guys test positive, how they react to it, how teams are open to continuing to step on the gas pedal remains to be seen. Obviously, there is a carrot that everyone's chasing here. Uh, and that's money. You, you, know, you don't want the whole season go away. The postseason is the really huge carrot in this sequence. They want that $700-plus million in TV revenue. And, and they're trying to get close to it. I think what you're going to find is the number of, of players that test positive. We're already seeing guys opting out, choosing not to play this year. But that's really not going to hinder their plans all that much. But the, the number of players that test positive and what you're, that I think will be the determining factor, which I think Buster's probably talking about here, is one team being decimated by it. One team losing four or five starting position players. Right? Like if something like that were to happen where the pandemic now makes the playing field uneven, severely uneven, I think they're going to have to go back to square one and talk this thing through. Uh, that is the X factor here, is when a team is completely hindered by this, by this COVID-19 and now they're not, then they're not with the same opportunity that they had before. So, you know, they've got plans in place and there's protocol, health and safety protocol, and they're going to quarantine players and they're going to continue to test and check temperatures and all that kind of stuff. But man, this is the unknown, uncharted waters right here. So I'm, I'm going to be a bit more optimistic than Buster. Uh, I think that they, we will get to the opening day, quote unquote. Um, but 
we got to keep our fingers crossed. Guys are going to test positive, but we got to keep our fingers crossed that one team doesn't have a bunch of guys on that pandemic injured list. Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, with us on 101 ESPN. And Greg, last week we talked on the show uh, about Dylan Carlson. You just used the term X factor. If the Cardinals, uh, leaving Carlson out of the mix, if the Cardinals are to succeed in 2020 in the shortened season, the X factor is. <laughs> You know, it's funny. It's kind of connected to him. If Matt Carpenter can be the everyday DH for the St. Louis Cardinals and find it again. When I heard the universal DH was going to take place in 2020, uh, there were a couple teams that immediately jumped to the front of my mind. New York Mets, Yoenis Suspis. Chicago Cubs, Kyle Schwarber. And then immediately, St. Louis Cardinals, Matt Carpenter. Because, look, he was never a, a severe liability defensively, but he was never – it was never his strength. And he was trying to figure it out. I had conversations with Mike Matheny when he was the skipper of the Redbirds, and he said, look, I don't want to mess with him too much. And messing with Matt Carpenter is making him play different positions. And, and, and that was his stress. The guy can hit. Uh, but, man, what position are you going to put this guy at? So I think if, if he can find it again – and, and, and when Matt Carpenter finds it, he's the best hitter on the team. If you can just tell him, don't think about defense. And I know everybody, the in vogue thing is to have this, you know, roving DH role where everyone, you know, this is kind of like a half day off. That is such BS to me. I'm sorry. You talk to enough players, and their at bats are their life. It's not a half day off, their performance is based on how they hit today. Okay? So it's, it, psychologically, it's not. So you're planning or not. I think Matt Carpenter needs to just be a full-time DH. If he can do that, do it well, and actually become a force once again, and a lot of people think that's ever going to happen. His best baseball is in the rearview mirror. But he's got such a simple stroke, simple pass at the baseball. His swing ages well. If he can find it, the other young players are all trending in the right direction. If you got a guy that you went into the season thinking is a liability and he's going to keep playing time away from Tommy Edmond or maybe a Dylan Carlson because there's just you know, not enough seats in the game of musical chairs, I think he could be the guy that kind of puts it over the top because the starting pitch is going to be rock solid. The bullpen's exciting. The, the position players with Dylan Carlson are right now on the horizon, young and really talented, but Matt Carpenter is the X factor to really separate the Cardinals from, dare I say, the second-best team in this division, the Reds. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I agree. Greg, you mentioned starting pitching. Speaking of that, what are your thoughts on a six-man rotation? How do you think that the Cardinals and other teams are really going to construct the way they use these pitchers? Uh, they're not going to use them for a, a long period of time. Uh, if Jack Flaherty goes into the eighth inning in any game outside of the last two weeks of the season, I'll be shocked. Uh, you, you gotta manage these guys during a sprint. Um, I know you want to win every single game. Totally understand that. But the sense that I'm getting from a lot of these GMs is, you know, look, we understand what we're up against. We understand what this season really means. Not saying like, you know, it doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. But they're looking at this for the long haul of their profession. My, 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 I'll summarize it this way. No GM is going to get fired for their performance in the 2020 season. Not one. I, I do not believe that will happen. Everyone knows this is a mulligan year. Even though we are going to hopefully crown a World Series champion and, and celebrate a parade after, after the World Series, no one's looking at it from that perspective. So... I think everyone understands this is unique, and they're going to make sure everybody gets through it healthy. 
don't injure your best young studs because you, you're trying to win it all in 2020. And this is your only shot because everyone knows what, what Buster only mentioned, the chances of this thing actually getting to the postseason. You know, slim, for real. So I, I, I see a six-man rotation as a way to curb the enthusiasm of a lot of these young pitchers who want to come out and make a name for themselves or continue to make a name for themselves in 2020. You're not going to see lengthy pitching outings. And, and constructing it is, is this is where the teams that have starting pitching depth are going to rise to the top. Uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays have a, a ton of young talent. The San Diego Padres have a ton of young talent. And all of these young pitchers, are going to be performing in the big leagues. They're not going to be going deep, but they're going to be there. And you're going to see teams like that have a great run in 2020. One of the reasons that we all love baseball is because of the romance and the history of the sport. And this year we're celebrating the 100th year anniversary of the Negro Leagues. And Greg, two of my favorite interviews ever. I got a, uh, an opportunity to interview both Cool Papa Bell and Buck O'Neill. I spent an hour with Buck O'Neill before he passed away. And it was just an unbelievably educational hour for me, I'm really glad to see that it's not just former presidents and uh, ex-players that are honoring the 100-year anniversary of the Negro Leagues, that MLB has taken it upon themselves and shown the initiative to honor those guys. It is great. Now, I was on MLB Tonight yesterday with Carlos Peña and Harold Reynolds, one of our guests was Bob uh, Kendrick, who's the uh, president of the Negro Leagues Museum, and it was his idea to do the tip of the cap initiative to it's really a way for people to go and tip your cap to all of these incredibly talented players and never got a chance to play major league baseball never got a chance and until jackie robinson broke the color barrier in 1947 and when you think back on it i've been to the negro leagues museum and it's it's incredible to see images of all of these guys physical specimens who who didn't get a chance? They didn't get a chance to step on the field with the legends that we're used to talking about today. So, you know what would have been. And uh, you know, uh, look, man, you're only as strong as your leader. And, and, and Bob Kendrick is the most passionate, um, innovative, energetic leader for that museum. And you know, I, he was humbled interviewing him yesterday. That you know, four living presidents took part in this. Um, all of these incredible players uh, choreographed this tip of the cap where they're throwing the cap off the screen and the next guy's catching it. Like, there was a lot of logistics that went into that. and um, I think it means a lot to him that, that people understand the value, the importance. And this year, 2020, celebrating 100 years uh, of the Negro Leagues, it's more important now than ever. Because think about it, they had so many things planned inside that museum to celebrate uh, the 100th birthday and and to have the pandemic come and now all of it's on the back burner what a blessing that this turned out the way it did the tip your cap initiative and if you haven't seen it you should google it and take part in it we did it yesterday at the end of our interview we kind of surprised bob by putting on caps well you know they took his shot full and this is his last response in the interview and i said to him hey you know everyone's tipping the cap to the Negro Leagues and to all the, the players that never got a shot. But, man, can we just tip our – and we came on camera. We saw all four of us. We, the three of us were wearing caps. Yes, I actually put a, a baseball cap a on cap my hair. Glorious hair. I know. Can you believe that? Um, but it was a cardinal cap, and I, we all tipped our cap to Bob. And uh, this stuff like this, these, these are the acts that, that we need more of in this country where people are just mm-hmm. uniting. And, uh, and that's definitely what the Tip the Cap initiative did. 
You always bring it, sir. Thank you very much for the time. We do appreciate it. You're the best, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. I'm just going to continue to think about Randy in 1981 with tobacco spit on his white polo. That's going to get me through the day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. See you, guys. See you, Greg. Take care.